Gordon Dundas. Well, you said you would go to the ball, and you said I might have to take a couple of mice and some pumpkins, but I didn't realise it was that Cinderella. Yes, it was that Cinderella, and uh, yeah, that's a. We'll, we'll come back on to that. <laughs> it's a heck of a trip. That. How are you? Very good, Gordon. I don't know if you want to have a, a small dram. I think we should before we start. I do. Yes, yes. I do. So I've got in my hand here yes. um, a blended malt. I'm going to come back on to this uh, because there's something very relevant about this at the moment and the sort of naming categories within Scotch whiskey. Uh, but I have a sherry cask matured blended malt. This is got two legendary names on it. Uh, if I said the names Doug McIver and Ronnie Cox to you, <laughs> yes. do you know who that might be who makes this blended malt? I think we might be down to the uh, St. James's Place in London, Berry Brothers and Rudd, perhaps? Yes, absolutely. So Doug McIver and the legendary Ding Dong yeah. Ronnie Cox. Um, this is a beautiful blended malt. It doesn't really, obviously, because it doesn't tell you where it's from. It doesn't tell because it's a blended malt, obviously. But the one thing that you notice about this, 44.2%, beautifully, beautiful whiskey, 25, uh, 25 pounds on Amazon it was. Oh, that is... That is an absolute. Uh, it's an absolute belter. But um, we'll come on, and once you're yeah, telling us who you're drinking, but we'll come back and talk a little bit yeah. about whiskey categories, which are of the moment for another reason. Okay, and I also think that's quite nice about where you source whiskey from. You mm. just mentioned an online s s seller, you know. So a lot of people do auctions, and a lot of people have bought this whiskey I'm holding in my hand in auction, and we are going to hear from that whiskey festival on the good ship Cinderella, which I alluded to mm -hmm. at the beginning. And we're going to hear from Mr. Finn Whiskey, Yuhis uh, Vercola, uh, sorry. And he gave me this little liquid, the Glengoyne 17-year-old. Oh, the 17. Nice. Now, we've talked about this before. We have. Some people talk about this being some, and we pour it as we talk, being the best Glengoyne ever. But you've well, got a really good line in that. I do. Uh, and look, I, I've tasted it. It's fabulous. Don't get me wrong. I think the Glengoyne 18 uh, is my favourite of the two. The 17 has that slightly tropical note, I think, coming through, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It really it is lovely. And as you say, people's memory of it sometimes is more... Oh, for sure. I mean, you know... I, I mean, I think you've got things like, um, you know, you've got things. It's a bit like, you know, I, I take the fishing analogy. Generally, you know, you don't remember whiskies when you're nosing them in a class, particularly as a, you know, you might think it's an amazing whiskey, but whiskey takes you on a journey when you're in a social environment with friends, et cetera, et cetera. And it's a bit like, you know, when you when you were when you were 10, you, you caught a fish you know, three inches, four inches long. By the time you're 30, it was a foot yeah. long. Uh, there's an element of that that goes on with this. And look, the Glengoyne 17 is a great whiskey, but I think what we're producing at Glengoyne now is is as good, if not better, in some of the whiskies. So, yeah, it's just one of those things. But it is undoubtedly a cracking dram. 43%, lovely tropical notes coming into it. And one to pick up on auction. That's exactly it. it. I believe there was quite a few put up to auction. I think somebody that had quite a lot of them released them, and that brought the price down a little bit. So these drams have been discontinued. There's another great debate for another day, Gordon. 
And while we're talking about auctions, what I have noticed in the last few months is that the, 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 a lot of auction prices have softened a little bit okay. because of obviously a whole load of different things that are going on in the world. But I think um, something to be really aware of is that, you know, go onto an auction site, put your maximum budget in, add a, add 10 pounds just to give you a bit more, you know, the upselling, upsell yourself. I only want to spend 50. I'll put in 60. 60 to 20 quid search and you'd be surprised what you would find in that sort of region you know some great whiskies there that are not collectible per se but if you just want to buy whiskey to drink it and to to enjoy it there's some great drams in that sort of area so i think that's something really to get into it's a great topic for another show gordon absolutely yeah some of the ones that maybe not on the shelves of your supermarket or your shop it's you can pick up something unusual i would imagine absolutely so, uh, gordon in the news um I suppose we're recording this late March 2023, and well, for the Chancellor's budget, we don't get into too many heavy things here, but the whole industry is up in arms about the tax increase that the Chancellor yes. in the UK has levelled on spirits. I think it's 10.1%, the biggest increase since the early 1980s, and that will put whiskey up more, along with the cost yes. of living and the energy crisis that's adding more to the bottom line, so... Well, I mean, it's disappointing for sure. Disappointing for sure, considering what's going on on all the other aspects of hitting the consumer as well as the, the prices for us to make whiskey. I mean, it has been held for many, many years, and I would hope that that would have continued to be the case to support um, the Scotch whiskey industry and spirits industry through this uh, difficult time at the moment. But um, there's not much I don't think we can do about it, unfortunately. No, no, no. So, it, um, it's maybe you know, going to help or hinder, I should say, uh, investment into the industry if could well do yeah no could well do um it, it's 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 a bit of an odd odd thing to to tax people more on i think at this uh really strange if i'm honest and um i think it, you know the higher you go up the the the, the less impact it has obviously yeah. but at that lower end where a lot of people are uh you know playing in terms of supermarket whiskies and things like that i'm afraid that's you know prices are going to go go a little bit north which is a shame, but when you consider how much duty there is on a a litre, I mean, it's something like 70 or 70 odd percent goes to the government already. It's a lot. It's a, it's a, it's a lot. Taxation, there's another topic again for another day, but that's you hit on it, Gordon. It's end of March. Do we doff the cap to International Whiskey Day, 27th uh, of March? Absolutely. So that's in about four days, International Whiskey Day. We mention this every year, I think, yeah. which is great. It's really to celebrate the, the late great Michael Jackson um, started in the Whiskey Festival in Groningen, which is in Northern Netherlands. And International Whiskey Day is really much to support um, whiskey from that perspective, um, uh, very much in the sort of memory of Michael Jackson. That's coming up. And then there's obviously World Whiskey Day, which was started by Mr. Blair Bowman, which is another opportunity to celebrate yeah. whiskey. But actually, every day should be a World Whiskey Day. Yeah, and I was going to do a whole section on different days of you know, beverages, and I clicked on it, and I realised there was a National Crouton Day. I thought, listen, forget this idea. Let's just move on. But There's not. There is a National Crouton Day, but the Whiskey International one. And uh, so that's March 27th. And gotten another part of the news. Last week, I went up to the Isle of Skye mm -hmm. to do some filming with some of our brands, and... Took a couple of books in the magazine with me. The first book I took with mm. me was Malt Whiskey Yearbook 2023. 
I opened the page, and there you were. Really? I opened another page, and there you were again, with Malcolm Rennie of Rosebank and Leonard Russell. I what think year was that? The current one, 2023. You've twice. And then... Have I got a copy of that? I took up the Whiskey magazine, February, March. I thought, just a, a bit of light reading. I opened up a page. I saw, oh, there's a cigar malt thing. There's Ian Forteeth of Angus Dundee. And here's a quote by Gordon Dundas. We'd not get away from you. Really? Explain, Gordon. <laughs> I don't remember any of this. Um, you were that's brilliant. Um, it was all about cigar malts. The magazine was all about cigar ah, malts. Ah, that's and the me. latest whiskey magazine, is it? Yes. Very good. Very, 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 very authoritative um, magazine on whiskey. Used to work for them, obviously. Uh, Gordon Dundas, brand development manager for E. McLeod Distillers, is quick to step in with a caveat. Let's be clear. You don't need to smoke a cigar to enjoy the cigar malt. Hey! Insightful as ever. <laughs> oh, yeah. You can rely on me. Insightful as ever. What else has caught your eye? Something caught my eye recently, and it was a new release from Brickladdy. Oh. Now, Brickladdy, uh, I, I love what Brickladdy do. I think they do some really, really good things. They've just brought out a, a... Now, this is the thing coming back to what I was talking about, about categories of whiskey and the names of them, right? So let's start. If I said to you single malt, Gordon, what is a single malt? Yeah. What is it? It would be whiskey that has been... From this one distillery. Single malt made from barley, malted barley from the one distillery. So 100% malted barley from one distillery. Correct. Yep. Yep. They can now, be multiple barrels, but they're all from the same distillery. Correct. Together to create a, a lot of people still think single means one barrel, mm. or it means that it's just malt, single malt, right? Yep. But we know that that's not the case. Single malt is the product of one distillery, single, malted barley, 100%, right? Yep. Single grain is the same. Yes. It's the product of one distillery, right? Yep. But made from grain whiskey, which can be a number of different grains. When I was at North British getting taken round, it was mm -hmm. corn from France. Brought in port leaf virtually every day of the year. Corn up to uh, corn, Edinburgh. Yep. Barley, yep, absolutely. So, okay, blended whiskey is single malt whiskies blended with single grain whiskey. And a blended malt is, <laughs> which is what I'm drinking from Berry Brothers and Rudd, yeah, yeah. is loads of different malts in one bottle, basically. Love that. I love Correct? That. Yes. That's, that's okay, it. so I want to now ask you this question. You're producing a single, you're producing a whiskey on Isla. Right from a distillery on Isla. Okay, mm -hmm. you're using fifty-five percent rye, forty-five percent malted barley, all sourced on Isla. This is this new Brickladdy product, and hats off to them. I really like it. All sourced on Isla. So the confusing aspect of it is that it is it's made from a single malt distillery, as you would. That's what most people would think that Brickladdy is as a single malt distillery, right? Yep. But it has. 55% Isla grown rye, 45% Isla malted barley, and it's matured in different types of casks. So everything about it is single malt, apart from apart from the fact it's got 55% rye. Right. So therefore, it is not a single malt. So it is 
a single grain. And as soon as you see that, you think of Invergordon, North British, all those big continual columns still. Correct. Industrial complexes. Correct. And this is where the whole system falls down a little bit in my book, is that it would be great to not call that a single grain whiskey because a single grain whiskey, as you quite rightly said, is generally a spirit made of corn, wheat, with a little bit of malted barley in a continuous system with a strength of about 94%, not a lot of flavour, generally filled into refill bourbon casks and used for blends. However, there are some wonderful single grain whiskies out there made from different varieties of, but generally in column stills, not pot stills. 2009 was the last redefinition of Scotch whisky in that last change of rules. And I think there needs to be a conversation yep. about this because I think single malt makes sense. I think blended whiskey makes sense. Yep. This product has made me think about the definition of single grain. And I've always had an issue with blended malt. I think that you should have single malt whiskey, which is the product of one distillery, and you should just have malt whiskey, which is the product of many distilleries, but it's all made from malt. That deals with malted barley whiskey. Mm -hmm. Then you have a product that's made effectively in a single malt whiskey distillery in pot stills, but and it but is classed as the same as a product that is generally considered to be made in column stills and potentially arguably of a lesser quality. It doesn't quite stack up. And so uh, I think there's something needs to yes. be done in this area. Uh, yeah, I can see that. I can. That is, that is very, it's getting quite confusing. It's beginning to sort of blur boundaries. And that's a great, I would love to try it. What um, they have put in front of it, though, is the word Isla, which I think helps. Yeah. So they've called it Isla single grain whiskey, which... Um, but I mean, I just, I'm just, it just doesn't, I think, talk the best way about our products. I think a, a look at the categories would make sense. Well, I think a lot of people out with the boundaries of Scotland are experimenting with uh, mash bills. Mm. And you really can't do that here if you want to call it a, a single malt or a blended malt because, no. uh, and, and then you look like it's a lesser product, as you say, whereas across out with these strict rules, you can experiment. And... Very interesting, Gordon. Very, very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. No, agreed. And I just think it's something to be, uh, something to, something just to say I've got a bit of a thing about it. And I did also mention, I think David Stark, who's a, a colleague of someone I used to know, or do know very well, was also talking about this. No, that's, that's excellent. Excellent. That's, that's well, got a bit of a rant over. Good. Well, I've got to want to have a, 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 your opinion on a couple of things, but oh, yeah. I would like to take you to the Baltic. I'd like to take you to Stockholm and onto the Viking Cinderella Travel Retail oh, Whiskey oh. Show. I have got wonderful audio from and uh, Stuart Buchanan, ah. um, Foreman. Met Who's his you? very famous brother recently, but I'll explain that in a second. Is his famous brother, by the way, come up in a bit of uh, research. Tober Mori released a 25 mm -hmm. in the last couple of weeks, and mm -hmm. they've also, I think, brought Gordon on to the distillery's books. Yeah, he's been doing a little bit of work with him. So, those yeah. who don't know, Gordon Buchanan, the BBC wildlife photographer, was in a big plastic ball with polar bears and things 
fabulous guy. Met him in the street not about two two weeks ago. Sent Stuart a wee message, and right. Stuart already messaged him. So yeah, no, nice guy. Was he filming you, or was he undercover filming? He wasn't you? filming me. I mean, okay, to be yeah. honest, I'm. If I'd been in a bath, maybe a bit better. It looks yeah. more like more of my sort of. I think. Um, I think the point is. For those who don't know, can you just give us a little synopsis of how this show works? Because it is a marathon. It's a marathon. I'm I'm going to take you and I'm going to raise you. Because our first guest, Stuart Buchanan, does that. I met up with him. We're going to hear from Sweden's oldest whiskey club. uh, Mr. Finn Whiskey, who gave me that Glengoyne 17. uh, Graham Mackay of Arda Merkin. And Dougal Barr of Douglas Lane. Talking about some of the expansion they're doing. And this all happens on a big ship, and Stuart will talk about that right now. Here we go. So here we are, the star of the show, or it was last night. Uh, sir, who am I speaking to, and could you explain what we're looking at? Certainly, Gordon. My name is Stuart McCannon, and I am the global brand ambassador for the beautiful Benriach, and also Glendronach and Glenglassa, which are both also beautiful. Absolutely marvellous. Uh, how has the Cinderella fair been? Could you explain what actually it is? It is the craziest fair I think you can ever find, actually, in the whole of the calendar. You're, you're on a boat, four days, in a car deck, as we are now, and uh, that first day, you're lucky to get out alive, to be honest, because the thirst for single malts in Sweden is huge. There's almost a race to the stands to get these specialist travel retail editions. And that's quite different because this is a travel retail show, so it's not domestic. All the, the kind of yeah, airport stuff and you know, all the all the good GTR. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's uh, and then what, ten o'clock at night, and then do we all go home to hotels? Or what? Just explain what happens. It's a bit. I don't know. There's a time warp that happens on the sea between Sweden and Finland that you lose five hours and I think that happens every year uh, but normally you get back to bed about maybe 4 or 5 a.m. which is it's pretty standard for this ship. So the boat actually starts to move after the harbour yep, we'll, we'll, to international waters. Yep, well, head to, head to not, and the time change as well, you lose, I think you gain an hour, lose an hour. So anyway, basically what you do is you throw away your watch and just enjoy it all. Yeah, so, and, and repeat by three times. Times three. So, yeah. yeah, what has been going well? Uh, to be honest, our 22-year-old triple distillation. So, Benriach, we didn't even know we had triple distillation until we kind of researched the warehouses when we first bought a distillery back in 2004. And we stumbled across this code 006, and we didn't know what it meant. So back to the old owners, pulled out the, you know, the old archives. It seemed that they did triple distillation only one year in 1998. So it's pretty special. And three-cast maturation, virgin oak, bourbon and sherry. Uh, and that just went like hot cakes. Uh, uh, 46.8 on that one. Yeah, we could have sold that all on the first day, but you've got to kind of hold a little bit back for each of the ships. So uh, I think we've only got about there are four bottles left out of the 15 cases that we started with. Absolutely crazy. And just a word about um, being a global brand ambassador. I know some of the we've got Gordon and Das in this show. He is a traveller, but I, you, you have been about the place. Could you just paint a, a picture, roughly, of your schedule? Well, this is actually just about a month in the road so far, so I'm getting home to a long bath tomorrow. Uh, but yeah, I was in the US for two weeks, leaving the middle of well, beginning of February. I was back home for two days, really just to have a quick sleep, change my case, and back out to Denmark. So this has been almost a month solved in the road. Uh, I'm not too crazy now. It's 50-50, 50 hosting at home, 50 doing the events over, overseas. But I think at my craziest, 
you know, back maybe 2015, 16, 17, there were some cases when I was only spending one month at home in the, to- in the whole year and not even together. So that was pretty crazy, but I love it. You know, if you love what you do, you love your whiskies. It's not a hardship. And what markets, you said uh, Sweden love their whiskies. How many whisky clubs were here over the last couple of days? But other markets that are very keen for the single malt and Ben Rierk and the other whiskies. Yeah, I, I like seeing these emerging markets. Like Poland for me is one of my pet markets now because I've seen it really flourish in the last eight years. Same as Australia. These two markets have come out of nowhere really and just bombed it. But the other exciting markets, like even like Israel, Tel Aviv is booming, great whiskey festival there as well. Uh, Turkey, that's another great potential one. Uh, Cyprus, Greece, all the ones with nice beaches, that's the ones I want to be visiting next. I was about to say, and my final question, uh, we've done it before on Whisk Unscripted, tips for travellers, if you're an ambassador out there on the road, have you got a, a Stuart Buchanan tip? Invest in good shoes. Yes, we'll leave it there. Sure, Ben Rea, fantastic. Glendronic, brilliant whiskies. Thank you very much. See you, Gordon. So, sir, what's your name and could you explain what club you're from? We are from Sundsvall. It's a club in middle of Sweden. We are 35 members and we have been the oldest club in uh, Sweden. Founded in 1991. So, it's now 23 years old. Wow. So, who founded it? What's the story? Mr. Matt Johnson was the guy founding it. Congratulations! Why did you do it? Thank you. Oh, what? Well, at, at the start, I think there were like 15 single malts at the Systembolaget, the, the national uh, liquor store. Uh, but now I think it's like 2000 or something like that. And we definitely, because we love the, the, the Scots whiskey. And from that, we continue and have 11 uh, meetings per year, uh, the first Monday in each month. And what was the last meeting? What, what did you sample? We sampled the cheapest whiskies in the uh, system blogget. The total amount uh, for the four samples we had was 1,300 crowns Swedish. And it was good whiskey. Good, good whiskey. Good whiskey. Yeah. And today... Single malts. Yeah, all single malts. Yeah. And looking around today or yesterday, what's caught your eye in the Cinderella fair? Uh, the, the variety. It's a lot of small brands coming up. New, new. new brands. It's really funny. And this is a good thing to see the new independents coming forward. Yeah. Especially when you, not in independent butlers, independent producers. producers. Yeah. Yeah. That's really fun. And lots of Swedish or more Scandinavian? A lot of Swedish Scandinavian uh, distillers, yes, but also in, from England and from uh, Scotland and other countries. France, etc. Excellent. And what's what's on the agenda? One more. What's it? One hour to go. Have you got a game plan today? Yeah, we are trying small distilleries. That is our plan today. To have small, independent distilleries. Nice. nice. Give us a shout. What, what ones? Give us a name. A couple. Uh, Adra and Mohan. You have uh, your brand. Not that, that not that small, but yes. it's independent. independent. We have tried the Swedish ones, Vien, uh, the uh, high, high Coast, Gilchoman. We had a 30, 30 years anniversary last year, two years ago. We had Gilchoman were visiting us. Ah, yes, yes. Exclusive, exclusive tasting yeah. for us, our club. They're a wonderful family and a yeah. wonderful whiskey. Yeah. You're welcome. Excellent. 
You're welcome up to Sweden. I would love to come. Gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us on Whiskey Unscripted. And now for your free whiskey. And we'll have a friend of the show who popped up in a Christmas episode once to wish us all happy Christmas. You are, I think, the acknowledged biggest blogger in Finland. Yeah, I think so, yeah. And here you are in Sweden. What are you doing here? And who are you? Yeah, nice to meet you all. I, I'm Juhis Virkula. I write a whiskey blog called Finn Whiskey and and the Cinderella Whiskey Fair. It's something like that. You, you have to participate once a year or once in your lifetime as, as, as well. And there's just so nice people here and just so nice uh, friends from Scotland here. So why, that's why I'm here. I get some special whiskies here and I enjoy the whiskies and I enjoy the friends. In the Sweden and Finland and Norway, we yeah. have all, all the monopoly system. In Finland, there's Alco and in Sweden, there's just a Bulag. They're, they're all the ones that buy the whiskey in, in the country and they sell to the uh, consumers. Yes. But luckily, we have the EU Ariana. We, have, we can order from Germany and so on, but it, it's a little bit harder nowadays because there's EU laws coming on and so on and so on. And uh, the whiskey. Uh, so here on the ship you can get whiskies you cannot get in the shops. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Right. That, that, there are so many special whiskies in the, in, in the Cinderella Whiskey Fair. And that's, that's the one big reason to come here because... Uh, we love that uh, Scottish distillers come here and uh, they uh, bottle some uh, special single cask only for the Cinderella Whiskey Fair. That's, that's something, something special. That's I special love that. Answer. Yeah, yeah. Very quickly, give us a history. When did you start coming to Cinderella? Give us a small history of the. That's actually, uh, actually, this is my first time in the Cinderella Fiske Festival. No. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. You're everywhere. No, <laughs> I, I always. Uh, it's so hard when you have two kids and so on to yeah, come yeah. to come to the uh, Whiskey Festival. But I had to do this, and this is nice. I'm, I'm really, really, okay. really nice that I this do this. This is the first time you've got a bag box full of whiskies here. Yeah. Take us through some of the highlights in that. Uh, basket of whiskies because people can buy fill up a basket and you're going to wait to, to to buy them now what's in there yeah of, of yeah. highlights yeah that's quite interesting uh, i came here to buy finnish whiskies because there's <laughs> a finnish whiskey that we cannot buy in finland uh-huh. uh the current distillery company who makes the rye whiskies they have the special whiskey here we cannot buy in finland i want of course that, that i will have a tasting later with that and uh, there's terrible history with the 14 years old whiskey. That's the oldest whiskey in the Nordic country so far. But also, I have I have to um, couple distilleries uh, or couple companies. Uh, Ian McLeod, Chief oh, Cigar Malt. That's that's nice. That's nice. That's, I appreciate quite a lot that you single malt chieftains. Yeah, that's really nice that you have every every year that. Yeah. But also Angus Dundee with Tommy Tung and Kankaram. They had. Great selection here. Uh, yes. They had a three single cast that choose from. It was really hard, yeah. hard to choose so those trees. And but I, I had one one. What did you go for? I had a board pipe. Uh, it's for our whiskey club in Finland. Uh, we have, we will be tasting it in a couple months. And uh, I'm very happy that I, I can bring those whiskeys in Finland and uh, we have, we can Chiu, taste. Yeah. Glenn McAdam, that's a common choose a classic. Yeah, so a yeah. Board pipe finish. Board pipe finish. Yeah, yeah. Wow. They also had a Tony board finish and a board burn, or like. A, 23 years old, that was excellent whiskey. Oh, wow, that sounds yeah. absolutely yeah. fantastic. Can you give us a last shout for a couple more? Uh, there's actually one Balvenie 
uh, my friend Yuri from Finland, uh, who's uh, actually imported from Palmini in Finland, uh, he asked me to bring one whiskey because they they cannot get get in get Finland. Them. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's yeah. a really big problem that we cannot get whiskeys to Finland because uh, the Brexit and also the Finnish markets are a little bit smaller than the Swedish markets. So yeah. that's a problem. Yeah. Well, listen, us. it's been absolutely wonderful speaking to you. You too. And uh, great to see. And that's what this is about: meeting friends. Yeah. Isn't yeah. It? Great. Back to full capacity. Yeah, this definitely, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry yeah. we missed your last night in the bar. No worries. We'll catch again very shortly. <laughs> yeah, uh, you, his, Mr. Yeah. Finn Whiskey, thank yeah. you very much for talking you to too, us. You too, you too, you too. Hello, I'm Graham, uh, Graham Mackay. I'm here from Arden American and Adelphi. So I'm in the sales team and I do the blending for Arden American as well. Oh, nice. So yeah, brand new distillery, built in 2014, um, owned by Adelphi which is now 30 years old this year. So, yeah, we're out on the extreme west coast, uh, between Mull and Skye, in the middle of nowhere, to be fair. <laughs> and, uh, but, yeah, beautiful spot, trying to make a nice west coast maritime whiskey, bit funky, bit farmhousey. And so what we're looking at? What's so we've got our core one here, which is 50-50 peated and unpeated. We've got a brand new Madeira cask, which we just launched at the fair here on the ship. Mm-hmm. And then we've got our cask strength, so that's uh, more heavily peated, more bourbon, more more booze. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How's it been? How's this, the fair been? Oh, it's something else, isn't it? I, I don't think there's anything else like this in the world, as far as I can tell. So, yeah, it's been great. You know, in Sweden, the whiskey community is so strong. Whiskey clubs everywhere, and the yeah, a nice mix of big hardcore fans already, and then people that haven't heard of us. And looking forward in the near future for Arden and Merkin, what's the plans? Yeah, yeah, we've got some nice new plans this year, some sherry things coming, another champagne release that we do every year as well. So, yeah, we're just getting started, really, two and a half years in in terms of releases. So, aye, big plans this year. Brilliant, brilliant. Thank you very much for joining us on Whiskey Unscripted. Yeah. yeah, my pleasure, Gordon. Thanks. Take care. Okay, here we are, Saturday night. We're a few, um, couple of hours out from the end of the fair. Sir, what's your name? I am Dougal Barr. Of? Douglas Lane. Douglas Lane, fantastic whiskey. What's what's on your stand? What's going What's going well? So, like uh, we would expect, big pizzas, of course, doing well. But on the stand, we have got our travel retail exclusive range. Everything bottled at 48% ABV, natural colour, non-chill filtered, and that elevated one litre bottling. On the stand, we have got our full Remarkable Regional Malt series. We're looking at our Lowlands, our Epicurean, our Timmer's Beastie, our Highlands, our Speyside, our big sherry influence here with the Scallywag, our Goldrons, the one we're quite excited about to have some Campbelltown liquid, through to our Rock Island, our Islands Marriage, finishing with Big Pete and our Isla. So. Right, so when you're Douglas Lane, you really need to know a lot about the different categories and different styles. Yeah, for sure. Uh, ourselves, we make a whiskey and we sell the whiskey, but you guys need to be across all the regions. Absolutely, yeah. Generally, wear a lot of different hats, so definitely know a little bit about everyone rather than the super in-depth about every individual distillery. So definitely, uh, yeah, keeps you on your toes. Scallywag looks lovely. If you've never tried some of these whiskeys, it's great artwork on the, the Absolutely. display or paint a picture. Yeah, so certainly it's, I think it's our branding is very fresh, it's very modern. We are not uh, tartan and bagpipes. We're certainly a little bit uh, opposite of that. But yeah, very modern take on Scotch whisky for sure. So trying to produce, if someone has never seen a Scotch whisky before, never tried a certain style, the regional malts is where they step into it. They come in, they can say, oh, this is a typical classic style Lowland, or typical classic style. 
<laughs> interrupted even for water in the podcast. I know. That's God. brilliant. This is this life. And, and, and I know you're very busy. Quick words about Douglas Lane and the new build, moving the offices. Yeah. Just explain roughly what's Again, we're kind of taking the next big step with Douglas Lane. So most people have always known us either for the regional malts or the independent bottling. We also have our Strathern, our single malt coming out this year. Super small batch, one of the smallest distilleries in the country that we're looking forward to. We now have our campus project at Hillington, just outside of Glasgow, good to go. So we now have our own bottling line, we've got warehousing, new headquarters, new sample room, new archive, and it will in the future be the site of our Glasgow distillery as well. All in Hillington? All in Hillington with our huge campus project. So fully up and running, big exciting time for Douglas Lane. That's absolutely fantastic, people. Thank you so much for that. And the final question I would ask is, uh, what time last night? I think it was around 3.45. He's still as fresh as a daisy. Always. Thanks, Dougal. All the best. Well, that's a... I survived it. I did survive. How many meatballs did you eat? (laughs) It's... um, I think something... If you can avoid self-sabotage, it is very good. But the masterclasses that we did full every night, which is wonderful. And Mm. uh, certainly on the last night, there's one or two people that had enjoyed themselves maybe a little bit too much and fell asleep. So what I want to know is on day one, when it starts, there's a huge queue, and yeah, there's a queue right. on every on every on every day, and people always run to a stand to get something. So I remember when I was working with Beams and Tory, they all came running to get some Bomores or a, a Yamazaki or the something that we had, and I know last year our chieftains was. Oh, exceptionally yeah. popular and sold out was the most top selling whiskey there how about this year what was the what was the what did you notice people running to apart from you obviously gordon i did exactly i did notice um a, a, a seller of whiskey from sweden and they had a phalanx of guys eight nine of them lined up sort of bouncing types and they had some springbank eight-year-old oh. and it was an absolute stampede to get it so you had to go into the fair and then make for it and these guys made sure you get funneled into a single line so first come first serve you couldn't jump but it was quite an operation i take it you were standing there holding a couple of bottles of chieftains and they they ran (laughs) over you did they or it's like just putting me glasses all the way to the the stands you know just boys and girls so it was great but listen what came out of that conversation there um for, for for me this, as you may have heard, the Sundval Whiskey Club that day were just wanting to go around the small independence. And I thought yeah. it was quite a nice conversation, Gordon. Just yeah. as you know, maybe 20 years ago, you would not be having this conversation, but now looking at the independence, not just in Sweden and Finland, but even in Scotland now, there's a lot of those new independent distilleries, not bottlers, yeah. but now distillers. I think it's, I think it's, look, I, look, there's a, a few things to think about here. I mean, I think the influence of independence and you look at people like uh, Kilhoman, you look at people like Ardnemark and you look at people like um, Daft Mill and these kinds of guys, uh, slightly smaller, obviously. They're adding to a very rich um, tapestry of Scotch whiskey, I think. They're, they're innovating. They're doing things that are very interesting. And, uh, Look, I think when you have really good people behind them, then it's a fantastic um, addition to the yeah to, to the category. So and yeah, what no, I like I mean, about it was the, the people are embracing them, not just in Cinderella but at other fe- festivals. That people are 
not saying, oh, you're new, I, I don't know you. There seems to be a real embracing of something three, four, five-year-olds uh, and a new distillery. There's not a them and us, if, if that makes sense. No, no, it makes a lot of sense. No, there isn't. And it, look, I think everything goes side and side by side. And what I mean by that is that, you know, there is, we know, we now know that you, maybe maybe Glengoyne is your favourite whiskey, as it as it flipping should be, because it's fantastic. But that doesn't mean that's all you drink, you know. And that, and and I think twenty years ago that was probably a little bit different, you know. Yeah. And now those new distilleries just add that depth and add that ability to try something new and and a reason to drink it. Lockley, totally farm to glass. Um and um you know and, producing great whiskey you know yeah yeah and, and I'm just having a wee look down some of the independents I, I didn't actually realise Robert Burns our national bard mm. addressing the haggis and the old Lang Syne him mm. actually worked and lived on the farm that Loch Lee sits on I didn't know that either. neither did I there you go because this is where whiskey began in farmhouses two three hundred years mm. ago when seeing, was the same we're seeing that again yes. Glengoyne was Burnfoot Farm. It's where it's yeah, absolutely. And look, you know the the big guys. Let's let's let let's not you know. And and, and we sit you know we're the, we're the ninth biggest producer of Scotch whiskey in the world. That's we're not small, but we're not the big big guys. And I think you know the big guys do a great job. They do a great job pushing out whiskey. They produce some absolute belters as well. You know, undoubtedly. But they plow their furrow and they do what they do and they do it well, you know. Um, but it's the little guys that benefit from the big guys' work as well that are getting bringing. So the big guys bringing people into the category, um, even things like the Johnny Walker experience, making people think Brilliant. more about whiskey. Forget the categories we've just spent hours or minutes talking about. Um, it's just a, a great time to 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 be a whiskey drinker in terms of, you know. The diversity in that That's sort it. of forty to eighty pound mark is huge, and I would love to speak more about that. You've got a challenge coming up very oh, shortly. Love a challenge, love very a challenge. shortly. Love a challenge. Just to say, on Sky, by the way, Gordon, I was tasked as well putting a cocktail together. This will lead to the challenge, and uh, we had the six aisles, which is a blended malt. Hold Spain on, have you just you just dropped in there? You've been on Sky. Yes. Where? Why? The beautiful what were you doing on Sky? What were mystical. you doing on Sky? Oh, God, it was a great place to go. If you've never been, Hebrides of Scotland, top left on the map. There's now a bridge linking it to the mainland, but it's iconic, it's legendary, featured in many, many movies. Think of mm -hmm. Game of Thrones meets House of Dragons. It's like that. Stardust. Yes, of course. What a movie. Um, and we were filming up there doing sort of promotional videos for Isle of Sky Whiskey which we, as a blended whiskey, Scotch blended whiskey, grain and malt, since that's the sort of theme of the show, and it starts at eight and goes up to 30 years old. Unbelievable. Uh, King Robert, we do a whiskey as well, another blended whiskey. Mm -hmm. That's um, a great one for the export market. And Six Isles, doing a bit of filming for Six Isles. Six Isles. And a we whiskey, were asked, a blended malt from six different islands. It's it's really fabulous, a, fabulous. Fabulous. You got a Sky Whiskey, Jura, Isla, Orkney, Arm, Mull, all in the one bottle. And that was also on Cinderella. So that ties in. But we're up in the sky doing some films and they asked me to make a cocktail with it. I thought this you know. So I had a very good sort of trial out every night making the cocktails and came across one that we kind of worked quite well with smoky whiskies. 
-hmm. In my whiskey book, it was called a Presbyterian or a Press. Very simple, because that's what the brief was. This is like a highball, but it's got soda water, ginger ale, a lemon wedge to garnish, and some whiskey. Mm. So usually it's either or the ginger or the soda, and just a mm. little dash of coconut water. Really brought up some of the mm. tropicality of that whiskey. Wonderful. And then a couple of pages on, there was the mint julep, which I didn't make. Oh, I just love the history of it. Really, it's a symbol of the American South. It's the official drink of the Kentucky Derby horse race. I know you've been to Kentucky. I've not been to the Derby, but I've been to Kentucky probably about 20 times in my oh, life. Okay. So 1938 was the first time it was the official drink. It says up to about 120,000 juleps are consumed over the Churchill Downs every weekend. Yep. During the, the Kentucky Derby. It's descended from the word julep, which is made with water and rose petals. But the modern julep dates back to the 1700s uh, and the silver a pewter julep cup. I do if you drank one of that. That's key to the drink. Glass mm. is an insulator, so a proper julep cup gets icy on the outside. Yeah, um, it's like a sort of copper cup. Yes. Spearmint is the go-to down south. Peppermint will work. Uh, it just gets better and better as you sip it. And I was thinking, Gordon, that drink is so synonymous with the Kentucky Derby. Is there a little challenge I could do that would connect alcoholic beverages with sports? And I come up with the grape or grain challenge. Are you ready for this, Gordon? <laughs> I have got 10 sportsmen. All yeah. you to do, and those listening at home, is work out, is it wine they're connected to, or is it a spirit? Is it grape or grain? And the ah. spirit can be anything. So, Gordon, here right. we go. Oh, no. Right, okay. Andy Roddick. I'm going get to my, get, get my little... Andy, Andy Roddick. Roddick. Is he grape or is he grain? Um, Andy Roddick, tennis player. One Wimbledon. Uh, I think he is grape. Oh, you've just missed. He is grain. He's got Sweeten's Cove bourbon. So, one nil to me. Here's a nicer, a nice one for you, Gordon. Conor McGregor, the fighter. Conor He's McGregor. definitely grain. It is grain. Then twelve notorious Irish whiskey. One not very. I've tasted it, and Connor, I'm afraid it, it doesn't float my boat. Would you say that to his face? No, I wouldn't. But, okay. Um, um, no. We're on to Mister Greg Norman, the White Shark, as he was called, the Great White Shark, as he was called. He's his definitely golfing. grape. He is grape. The Greg Norman Wine Estates, founded in 1996. An international recognised ten varietals he's got. I'm not sure many any anybody drinks it in the golfing world these days because he's managed to split the golfing world down the middle. <laughs> he has actually, um, but uh, yeah, no, he's definitely great. Okay, yeah. okay, that's um, that's two one to. He's two, also one. got a clothing line, is he not? He has. I've got his shoes, his golf shoes, and Dennis Rodman, the bad boy of basketball, Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman likes a cigar. He was a bad boy. Yeah, he was. Was he not in Big Brother over here as well? Wasn't he? Was he? I just remember him going to South Korea, North Korea. Sorry, it's not. I think he's got to be green. Green bad boy vodka. Boom, Gordon, you're on a roll. You are on a roll. Let's Is that go. the brand, Bad Boy Vodka? Yes. 
2013, the, pre- part of the premier brands to launch Bad Boy Vodka. Although right. I don't think it lasted that long, <laughs> it says. Um, uh, Jack Nicholas. Now, he's a, what a giant in the world of golf. The Jack Nicholas. I've got a picture of him here. Grape or green? So, grape? Grape is the correct answer. California. Napa Valley. He's in partnership with Terlato Wines. Wow. I have been to the Napa Valley. Oh, Fabulous. That's love to go, Gordon. Love, oh, it was great. It was great. Get somebody to drive you around all day. And yeah. thanks to Alex Bruce, if he's listening for that. Anyway. Speaking of Adelphi, we did earlier on. Uh, Jensen Button. Jensen Button. Formula One. Vapor Green. Uh, he's green, is he not? He is green. He is. Uh, coach built. Blended Scotch whiskey. Mm, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, whiskey from all five whiskey producing regions, uh, yeah. Basic, Campbell Highlands, and Lowlands. Nice guy. I mean, you could say, I mean, I like Jensen. One of the interesting thing about Jensen Button, generally considered the smoothest in terms of his style, yes, driver ever in Formula One. Very yeah. good. LeBron James, basketball legends, grape or green? Grape. Oh. Two to me. Uh, tequila and mezcal. Lobos, 1707. Mm. Uh, Nick Faldo, grape or grain? We've got three more to go. Nick Faldo. He's got to be grape. He is grape. And a, a big range of wines. Six-time major champion. He launches wine label in 2000s. Uh, Catnook Estate Vineyards in Australia. All Australia. Uh, and ice hockey. I know you've been to Canada recently. Wayne Gretzky. Whiskey. Wayne Grain. Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky is... It's a winery here. Wayne Gretzky oh. Estates Winery in the spring of 2017. The all-new Wayne Gretzky Estates Winery. Uh, my goodness, I could go on and on, but there you go. And finally, Dwayne, the Rock Johnson. Is it grape or is it grain? Grain. Oh you my are Lord. correct, Gordon. Uh, oh. Terra Mana. Tequila. Did I win that? Yeah, let's call it a score draw, Gordon. It's, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's more in that. Score draw. Grape or green. So that was a um, good challenge. Absolutely. Now, Gordon, I know that you were in Germany relatively recently. That's right. And uh, you met some gentlemen that are coming to Spirit of Speyside and some of the very lucky people who are going to get a tour of the mystical, untourable Tamdu. This is it. This is exactly... The excitement was mounting. That was in Hamburg at the Hansa Spirits. And... I think it was day one. People made the way to their... And they had the tickets. That's what I love about it. You don't take those very special, very expensive tickets that you need to have to come to Scotland with you to a whiskey festival when you'll be sampling all day. I said, please keep them very, very, uh, very safe. But they're coming to do the... What is the Tamdu Maltmasters during the Speyside Festival? So, and we had George McNeil on in the our, our, yes. um, answer machine last... Episodes talking mm-hmm. about just the ticket sales have been wonderfully through the roof. Mm. So it's going to be a white hot it's, festival this year. It's absolutely it's people desperate to go around well, Tamdu well, and see all the other distilleries as well. Just tells even just not Tamdu. This is this will how quickly did that Maltmaster sell out? I think it was an hour. Um, one of the first events to sell out was the. Tamdu Maltmaster. So the lucky people that are attending, they're going to get a bottle of Dalby Alley, but they're also going to make their own little sample of Tamdu to take away. Something really special using American oak, Sherry Cass, Oloroso, European oak, 
and refills and make your own style and we'll have a wee blending session. So that's going to awesome. be great. And then the tours with yourself, um, touring people around the distillery so you can enjoy the avocado mill room. And I think what's great about doing the tours at Tamdu, people have genuinely no idea what to expect. It's just no. not open to the public. And you know, unless you were there in the 70s, it started as a visitor centre, 76. Mm -hmm. I believe mm -hmm. sometime in the late 90s, early 2000s, it closed down. We've mm -hmm. had one or two people that had been in the 80s, mm. 90s, but most yeah. people have no idea what to expect. And, they, and as you said earlier on, we're all mucking in. The brand director is there. Boring no, drink. absolutely. You're there moving chairs and tables. We, we don't have, you know... No, we are what we are. So if it's and it's it's generally we get there okay. It's a little little rough around the edges apparently, but it's it's well no, it's not actually. It's no. great and and we have great food and that's great. So no good. We're very can't wait. About just over a month till everybody arrives at at uh, the Spirit of Space side. I can't believe it's around here again. That's amazing. Um, another bit of distillery update news is um obviously now a lot of people come to Glengoyne obviously during the summer. Glengoyne is a just fabulous distillery, obviously, yes. but um, there's there's something happening in July, isn't there? The distillery is actually going to be. We're not going to have a still house. Um, we're putting yeah. on a new roof. There, uh, this section is sponsored by Price Roofing. <laughs> I, it's a friend of mine whose business I think is doing the roof. Um, so we're not going to be doing standard tours for the whole of July. You've been working pretty hard on on the experiences that we'll be offering. Yes. Um, and do you want to just do a bit of summary on that? Well, I think it's great because I've been, and I do, if you go to the Glengoy website, one of my first jobs as an experiential ambassador was to put together a non-process tour, the storytelling tour at Glengoy. Mm. So we're just taking little bits of that. What I think is going to be quite exciting, there will be three or four options you can choose from. Uh, one will be the teapot dram tour. And the teapot mm. dram, if you you can look for it, search for it, it's a iconic special edition from Glengoyne. Started from the dramming days when they got a tot of whiskey three times a day, ended up in a teapot. Mm. Uh, Ian McLeod distillers thought, what would that teapot be like? Oh, all that malt whiskey. Let's try and recreate it. And my goodness, each edition of the teapot dram, about mm. 3,000 bottles, sell out, wonderful sherry Whiskey, unchilled, filtered, undiluted. We will be doing a version of that story. You'll be hearing about it. You'll you'll understand all about the where it came from, how it uh, all came to be, and then you will be drinking it as well. So that's great. And I'll be helping put together uh, really the story of Glengoyne. Some of the great... We can't go through all of it in 45 minutes or an hour, no. but we will be picking out some of the highlights, the five people that have shaped Glengoyne. Mm. And when I take people on the storytelling tour, Gordon, I say, yes, this is about our distillery. But my goodness, every distillery in Scotland started generally as a farm and there was owners and they passed it on. Everyone has got a great story. This is ours. And we have got five Scottish families independently owning Glengoyne. Some very colourful characters mm. employed, some drowned. Some then got, they decided to haunt the house. We have a ghost and we've got Lots of other yeah, yeah. interesting stories about the it's just a little peel back That's fabulous. the story of Glengoyne. No, it's fabulous. And it's like come and come and hear the stories rather than look at stills and do all that. Fabulous. Um and then we've got a little update on Rosebank. Uh Rosebank is approaching spirit time. So uh 
It's been a little slow in the last six months, but I think we are not far off a spirit being produced uh, probably in the next six to eight weeks, six, yep. six to six, something like that, six weeks, I would hope, um, which is going to be momentous for us. Um, we're very excited about that. And Malcolm will play with the different aspects of uh, of the spirit production temperatures and flow rates and types of types of barley and uh you know yeasts and all that type of thing which is very exciting so that's beginning to move which is just hugely exciting isn't it and just on that point gordon just to tie it to the earlier part of the episode a big shout out to scott jackson who um you've met he has mm. 400 rosebanks in his collection mm-hmm. we think one of the biggest collectors of rosebank in the world he was on cinderella with some guys they love it so much they flew from scotland just to be there in Cinderella. <laughs> so Fabulous. Were chatting about Rosebank, he lives around the corner. There was other guys there from the local area really keen to talk about Rosebank, even though we had none to pour them, and just chat. So it was a nice night with them as well. So shout out to these guys, and we will be seeing you very soon. The door's open. Fabulous, fabulous, fabulous. Great, great, great. So a bit of a distillery update. Um, obviously, this year as well, we have uh, Isla from our perspective. Uh, Lagan Bay. So anybody who's been to Isla, just opposite the airport is where we're going to break ground, I think, fairly shortly as well. So it's a busy year here at Ian McLeod, for sure. And that'll be replicated across the industry, Gordon. We heard from Dougal there just saying that Douglas Lang. You know, the yes. Cooper Strathairn, and they will be putting a distillery in the Hillington Complex. And if you don't know, mm. he mentions it, but it's near Glasgow mm. Airport as well. Yeah, on the way so, to Glasgow Airport, yeah. You know, well, I mean, Strathairn is, Strathairn, I think they fill a cask a day. Yeah. Pretty small. Fisher Price, but lovely, and, <laughs> yeah. and, and gives the opportunity to do stuff. So that's excellent. So, lot so yeah, of- lots of exciting things going on. What other, new, any other just things to summarise for we? No, 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 I'll be heading out, and a lot of people on the road a lot of our friends all of the ambassadors heading out on the roads uh, Nuremberg is happening very shortly Gordon that's a big festival as well I'm going to Switzerland uh, on that lake lovely so uh, well, are you going to Lucerne yes, yes, Lucerne. yes people are heading to Vilnius as well so the whiskey you know bandwagons around Europe are rocking and rolling that's what a great, a great episode great to hear from all those guys on the Cinderella Yes, absolutely, Gordon. And we will catch you very soon. I'm going to raise my glass of 17 and say Slangeva. 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 Doing it this way since 1833. Staying ahead on the whiskey trail. Oh, staying ahead on the whiskey trail.